his soul When it's not well He still cares for my soul When all I have is brokenness He gladly holds it Moises Grossinger and I'm from El Salvador. I actually don't know much about my own country uh, because I was in an orphanage in the middle of nowhere and that's where I grew up. Every Sunday after church service it was family day for, for those who had parents. Every year I waited and not having them visit me so I always asked myself if I wasn't good enough for my parents would I ever be good enough for anyone else? So that day when we were told that there were going to be people coming to our homes to bring us gifts, and they kept repeating the phrase, Jesus loves you, uh, I started to walk away when a man motions me back and um, he's, he tells me, where are you going? You don't have a shoebox yet. And I quickly replied, but I don't have any parents. And um, that's when he looked directly into my eyes and with a smile on his face, he just hands me the shoebox and he tells me, Jesus loves me. As I received that, I kept looking at it and I started to walk away. And I looked back to see if the man was going to come back and take the shoebox back, but he did it. And he knew what I was thinking, so he just smiled and waited for everybody to have a moment to open the shoebox. That day was just full of joy. So my wow item was a, a soccer ball, and I couldn't believe it, that it was mine, um, that I just remember opening it and receiving that soccer ball. And I just remember just playing in the orphanage. We had a big field to play on, and I just remember running with the soccer ball all, all over the orphanage. So it was that moment when I realized that I was loved and I was seen. With my shoebox, I also received the greatest gift booklet, and I, that's when my prayer journey began, and I started to pray for a family. When I was 10 years old, I was called into the office of the orphanage, and I was told that there was going to be a family in the United States who wanted to adopt me, and I was introduced to my adoptive family, and I just remember running to them and calling them familia. Now I live my life saying yes to the Lord because I have no reason to say no. He did not just give me a family, but he gave me a new life. Pretty moving. That is about the, I don't know, sixth, seventh time I've seen that video and I'm catching more each time. This video is actually on uh, Operation Christmas Child website. So, wow, uh, just catching every word that he shared uh, had weight and meaning. And the tool that brought all that is right in what's at our feet right here today a box, a shoe box. Operation Christmas Child, we've done this for several years now. Um, today is the day when Christina, who spearheads this operation, <clears throat> uh, will be they'll packing them up and she, they get sent off today. So uh, you will, if you remember, we've noticed, or I want you to notice our goal of this year. Now, on one hand, we've, we're short of that goal. On the other hand, it's not over yet. Let me explain. So um, of the, the boxes, the tangible boxes that you can take and fill, that part of it is, is over. Um, and we have, so we had a goal of 100 shoe boxes uh, from Crosspoint. 
We have another goal of 100 shoe boxes you can do online. All you have to do is go to Operation Christmas Child. It's really user-friendly, and you can uh, uh, do, fill it that way. I don't like calling it virtual, but it, it kind of is. It's, it's what it is. So it's, uh, we are 88 shy of our goal. Now, it sounds like, oh, it's terrible. We missed it by a mile. Well, it's not great. Don't misread me. But I know that several boxes just didn't make it back in on time. And there is still some, um, some opportunity here. So be thinking about um, uh, giving uh, toward Operation Christmas Child. And if you're thinking about it like, well, I'm, I'm giving to other things. I'm not going to twist your arm, but think about the video that you just witnessed there. Because of a, because of a, a box that somebody put a soccer ball in. By the way, that, that box was prayed over, if not by that church, we know it was prayed over by Operation Christmas Child. And then it goes most likely through a church or organization in another country. And then he gets that soccer ball. He said that was his wow gift, was a soccer ball. Then if I want you to think about this, what he said, <clears throat> that he heard of a family that was considering adopting him. And he said, Famil Fam I can't even say it right, Andrew. Say it for me. Thank you. I should have got my Google Translate. And uh, hearing that, but most important of all was he got the information inside that box about our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. So us twisting arms, that's not the goal. I mean, if we wanted to PR it, I suppose we could. That's not why we do this. It's not too late. I, I highly, it's too late to get a box, but it's not too late to do it online. And I would add this too. Um, the, our, I think Christine said our page is up until when? December 31st. If you go to our name under Operation Christmas Child, you'll see where we are on our goals. But uh, as of right now, we are 88 short of our goal. You may think, well, where'd that goal come from? This guy. I picked it. And uh, every year, I've, we've increased it just a little bit. So you think, oh, next year, you'll probably do less. I don't know what we'll do next year. But the point of it is we have opportunity. This is so easy. A little bit of effort that has huge rewards. Big, giant spiritual dividends in your life, but also, more importantly, in other people's life. Are you glad to be at Cross Point Baptist Church today? Yes. It's going to be a great service uh, the energy just for, from the first, uh, during a Life Point Bible study groups was off the charts, man. Everybody was bouncing off the walls. I don't know what Nick is putting in that coffee, but, whoo, getting it, getting, catching our breath here. Let's have a word of prayer and ask the Lord to meet with us now. We're going to be opening the Bible in Hebrews chapter 3. I pray for you. I pray for me. I pray that the word of God would find its way to your heart and today. Today could be that day of salvation. I pray that today could be the day when, when, when the believer would just um, find, find what surrender means. Let's bow. Dear Lord, we come before you in prayer as we prepare our hearts to worship you. <clears throat> it's more than just an outward activity. It's, it, it's a heart motive. Surrender means we're, we're giving you control. And uh, that can be hard to do. But we consider our example, Jesus Christ, 
who considered it not robbery, he, he, he surrendered unto you what, what, what you would have him to do. Help us to be who you would have us to be. So we lift up the name of Jesus Christ today. We lift up the cross. We lift up the resurrection. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We are, you are invited in this room, invited in our hearts. You're invited through Facebook to do whatever you need to do in the way that you want to do it. We want to be yielding our, our, our wills over to you and to you, our Heavenly Father, the perfect Father. We uh, recognize your plan and your desire to draw us unto you. Cradle us in your arms today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, would you stand with us this morning as we give thanks to our Lord and Savior with forever.
I'd like to ask the ushers to come forward as we prepare to collect the offering. I'll mention that uh, this is our, our normal general offering. We'll have a second offering at the end of the service for the Thanksgiving banquet. That will be this Tuesday. I'm sure there'll be more said about that later in the service. But again, this is our, our general offering. And I want to read to you a, a couple of verses from uh, Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be, no, uh, be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Throughout the Bible, particularly throughout the New Testament, you'll see admonitions that we should be thankful. As we go through this week, I pray that all of us here would make an exercise each day of noting things for which we're thankful. In this passage here, we see that even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of very troubling worrisome circumstances, God admonishes us, he encourages us to be thankful. Why? Because God is always in control. Whatever trial or situation you're going through, God has allowed it for your good and for his glory. It's an opportunity for you to draw closer to him. And he promises that when you go to him with your prayer requests, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, He's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's the safest play to be, ladies and gentlemen. So with that, let's pray. We'll ask God to bless our, our offerings so that we can, again, spread the gospel to every corner of this earth, but also be thankful in the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to give. Lord, this should be a, a week and a season where we are very quick to give. But, Lord, help us most of all to give thanks. Give thanks to you, for you are good. You are always good. And you allow good things for us to, to be drawn closer to you. Help us to have thankful hearts. As we uh, receive this offering, help us to spread the gospel, the best news of all, Lord. And help us to do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Many of you don't know this, but Pastor Scott owns a guitar. Yeah, and it's never sounded better than it did this week. That's because Ben Fryman was playing it, is the, where I was going with that. <laughs> this morning, I would like us to turn our attention to faithfulness. Faithfulness. You may think, well, it's Thanksgiving's coming up, so don't you want to do, don't you mean thankfulness? I'm going to share from the scripture this morning about faithfulness. It's interesting because the scripture that we're going to turn to is Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to share two thoughts about Hebrews chapter 3 by way of diving into this. One is this, that this was supposed to just be an introduction. Hebrews 3 was supposed to be an introduction to my message. But it ends up that Hebrews chapter 3, the more I was pouring over this or pulling out of the scripture, the more it was speaking to my heart. And I really feel compelled that this be the scripture we look at this morning. The second thing I want to say about Hebrews chapter 3 is that somebody shared this with me this week. Just one verse out of it. And, of course, I'm the pastor. So when they're like, hey, uh, you know, Hebrews chapter 3, this, uh, this verse says this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. 
Where was that at again? Let me write that down. Right? I have to act like I know everything. Let me tell you a secret about pastors. Um, they don't know everything. And the secret of creativity is forgetting who your source was. Think about that one for a moment. Uh, but I am grateful that the word of God doesn't need, you're not stealing from it, it just is. It just is, and it gives us hope in life. But I want to talk about faithfulness this morning, and I'm going to tell you why. Because God, the Father, is way more faithful to you than you are to him. Jesus Christ is way more faithful to you than you are to him. The Holy Spirit, who said he would never leave or forsake us, is way more faithful to us than you are to him. Now, I'm going to talk to two groups of people as we look at Hebrews chapter 3. Those that, that have a proclamation of faith. Now, we'll go another level, not just a proclamation, not just the words, but, but have the fruit of it. Have the relationship of it. And those that don't. It's a direct message. And my goal today is not to uh, personally make anybody feel bad. That's not the goal. The goal is for you to consider the cost. Consider, really look at your life today because there is an urgency to the message of the Bible. I think our culture, our church culture, American church culture, we've played with the gospel message so much that it's like, you know, we don't want to be offensive. So when you get around to it, consider Jesus Christ. Consider these things. When the gospel message is a command to be obeyed, but there's an urgency to it while it is still called today. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. And the, the verse 7 is where we're going to pick up. It's, it's odd to start in the middle of a chapter. But do remember that um, chapter and verses are new to the Bible. When it was written, it did not start with chapter and verses. This, this was added much, much later. But Hebrews chapter 3, I want you to consider verse 7 as we just pull out of Scripture what the Lord would have you to hear today. I pray that you would have ears to hear, eyes to see this morning. This is a good topic of Scripture for some maybe to be amening as you're hearing and these things, because these things are sured up and, and for certain in your life. But it may be others today on Facebook or here today that you're not able to amen. And may, maybe go, your head goes down. Because I don't know that I'm there. I want you to consider this today. I want you to feel the weight of Scripture today. Verse 7. Verse 7, it starts with, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says. Verse 7, it lets us know that it's the Holy Spirit who is the author of the Bible. Okay? Now, we know that um, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter, holy men of old rode as they were moved, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, obviously, he, he let people, you see a little bit of personality come out in Scripture as they write. There's a form and a function uh, to certain people's style of, of writing and personalities. But you also see that they are carried along by the Holy Spirit. He wrote the Bible, ultimately. And that's important to remember because we interpret the, the Scripture by Scripture. And you don't see any contradictions. If it was up to mankind... I don't even agree with myself half the time. Don't even agree with, with, with uh, you know, there's a saying that goes, you get two Baptists together, you have three opinions. It's, it's, it's twisted. 
Hey, that's a joke, people. Relax. Laugh a little bit. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, what's that mean? That this isn't just coming from a person. This isn't, this isn't a person just trying to win an argument or to make a statement. This is from the Holy Spirit. And by the way, what is getting ready to be quoted, and, and most likely Paul wrote Hebrews, what's being, getting ready to be quoted, he's redirecting you back to Psalm 95. This is Psalm 95, uh, just re, cut and paste. Why did Paul do that? Paul is writing to a group of people. They are Hebrews. They are Israel of the dispersion, but they are Israel. And they are a lot like the group that we're reading about in Galatians on Wednesday night. We're studying this through on Wednesday night. Who they, they some, now we're going to see as we dive into this, some were going, they were um, uh, in Christ they were in Christ, and, and the dispersion with the dispersion came because there was prosecution coming. They were getting squeezed, and they, they were like, uh, we might want to go back to the old way, meaning the Old Testament sacrificial system. We might want to go back to the old way. There's that going on, but he's taking them to a portion of Scripture that this group of people, this people group, this culture group would know very, very well. Psalm 95. In fact, Psalm 95, the Holy Spirit's taking them, Paul's taking them through the Holy Spirit back to Psalm 95, which goes over their history, which they would have known very, very well. Watch what happens. So verse 7, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, going back now, referencing Psalm 95, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. In the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now, we're going to pause there for a moment and dissect what is he talking about here as we consider Paul writing to the Hebrews. You may think, oh, I'm off the hook on this one. I'm not Hebrew. I, I don't have to. No, no. Listen, listen to what the scripture is saying. He says today in verse 7. Three times he says today in the next handful of verses. You see it in verse 7. You see it in verse, well, look at verse 13. But exhort one another daily. He says it again in, what, 15? While it is said Today, you know what that means? And by the way, when that word today is used, it doesn't always mean just a 24-hour period. We're in the, the day of grace right now, right? So sometimes it can mean a period. But he's, there's an urgency to what is being said here while it is still called today. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. He's recalling to the remembrance what they have heard. They didn't live this. They didn't live this period of time. But they're going back to a period of time in their history. We did this last week, our veterans service, right? Uh, over the years, we've had men that served in um, uh, Korean, Vietnam. They're no longer with us. And, and many of us wasn't there. I don't think we had any World, World War II vets here, I don't think. But even if we did, we weren't 
I wasn't there. So we're hearing that history and we try to have to catch up with what does that mean and, and, and all, all that goes with it. This group of believers in Hebrews is being reminded to their heritage, being reminded out of a Psalm 95. Today, if you will hear his voice, he was warning them in Psalm 95, listen to me today. Listen today. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible tells us and warns us over. By the way, you may think, well, I got time. You do not, you are not guaranteed anything by way of time. Book of James cleans that up real clear. It's but a, but a smoke. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. Verse 8 kicks off. Do not harden your hearts. You know, if you hear the gospel message, and in America, especially um, in our church, if, if, you, if you hear the gospel message, and if you harden your heart once, or if you even ignore or, or, or put it on the back burner, I'm not going to do that, not feel the weight of the gospel message, the good news that frees you for life. It's easier and easier to become more distant and calloused to that very message. The more you hear it, it's easier to push it away. And that's what he's saying there. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So we can, we can harden our hearts. And now what's he's referring to in verse 8, and he says it, in the day of trial in the wilderness. So here's what had happened was they were in, they were in Egypt, right? Remember, and let my people go. And they were held captive. Um, they were held in bondage. They were slaves. And eventually Moses, their leader, steps up. He makes all the excuses why he can't be the leader, gets a no good brother to help him out. Um, they finally are going to follow the Lord. It's choppy. It's all over the place. But, but aren't you so glad that God can make sense of our wonkiness? I'm so grateful for that. He takes everything off the table. He wants imperfect people because there's no such thing as a perfect person. So whatever your hang-up is of why, I'm speaking to the Christian now, to the genuine believer, whatever your hang-up is on why you can't do something, he, can, he wants to work through that. He wants to work through that. He wants your imperfections is what he desires. you got to recognize and have the, be courageous enough to step and go. So watch what happens. And he do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of the trial in the wilderness. So God had done miraculous things to set them free. He had been providing for them. They're here, they, they know the story in Hebrews. But now the people that are here in Psalm 95, they're having to be reminded. And it's a little closer in that time frame. Do not harden your heart. They were rebelling against God. The one who set them free is who they were rebelling against. There's a catch here I want you to pay attention to. It says, in the day of trial in the wilderness, verse 9, where your fathers tested me and tried me. Did you, did you catch that? Where your fathers, they tested me, God. You know what we do in 2023 as believers when something hard comes our way? We go, oh, God's testing me. God's testing me. And there's an element of truth there. Our faith does get tested so that it can be strengthened, but he never tempts. The devil tempts. 
So watch what happens as we consider here in verse 9. Uh, uh, yeah, 9. Where your fathers tested me and they tried me. Can I give you a warning right now? Don't do that. Don't test or try God Almighty, God the creator, God the creator and sustainer of life. I would encourage you not to test him. You'll lose. You'll lose. And it's only by his grace that he's so patient with Israel as they're moving through and they're, they're complaining, they're whining, they're doing all the things that we typically do on Thanksgiving Day when we, one little thing's out of place. You ever notice that? One little, I forgot my gravy. I forgot my cr special grandma's cranberry. One little thing gets out and everything, we feel like the whole day's ruined. See, some of y'all getting it because I see the grins now. One little thing gets out of place. Do we start to, to the, the things that we complain about are amazing to me. But where your fathers tested me and they tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Now at this point, it's guesstimated that in Psalm 90, when he's writing this, they, they were about two years deep into this when God said, you will not see the promised land. For 40 years, they wandered. This generation wandered. Now, most of you already know this. These fathers, they tested, they tried, they saw my works for 40 years. They got to watch God work and provide against enemies. They got to watch work and provide. He provided them with water, with substance, with food. He provided them with shelter. He provided them in every way possible that we try to provide for ourselves in 2023. See, they didn't have medical insurance. They didn't have food assistance, food pantries. They had God. That was it. And I wonder in 2023 how we would be without those things that only had to rely on God to provide these things, not knowing the time frame. I just wonder. I don't know. But he says, for 40 years they saw my works. Verse 10, watch this. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. Say angry. angry. I don't know if you noticed this, but when I have you repeat a word, it's usually not a negative word. Have you ever caught on to that? It's a word that'll be faith or something, something that you can insert in your life. But I wanted you to hear and say that word where he was angry. Now, your question is going to be, why? Why was he angry with that generation? That word angry there isn't just an emotional plea. He, it, God didn't hit his thumb with a hammer and now he's angry. This word angry here is a righteous indignation. He had every reason to be angry because he was holy. He's like, I got it all for you. You won't even come to me. In fact, you're doing the opposite to me. I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. Say heart. Every person in here has a heart. And I'm not talking about that organ. I am not talking about that organ. I'm talking about the center of who you are. The, every person in here has that heart. That's where we get in trouble. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues. You ever wonder why we have you ever heard of a person that has issues? That's where it's coming from, the center of your thinking, the center of your emotion. So he, uh, he, I was angry with that generation. There's the 40 years of wondering they ended up doing. And said they always go astray. Where? It starts right here. It starts here. 
It starts and ends right here. Let that sink in for a moment. But you don't know what they did. It doesn't matter. You don't know how they are. It doesn't. It's your heart before your God. That's all it boils down to. It's your heart before your God. They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. They're not following me. They're not following me. And by the way, this is Israel. At this point, God's chosen people for a chosen land, for a chosen purpose. And they're turning, they're wandering. They're all over the place. Watch what happens. Verse 11, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Here's a word I'm getting ready to have you repeat. The word is rest. Say rest. Why did I have you repeat that word? So I swore in my wrath, in my righteous indignation. That means for your good. Because of my holiness and for your good, they shall not enter in my rest. Two things about that word rest right here. One is there is when you are in Christ, when you're in him, he's fully in you. There is a rest that happens no matter what happens all around you. There's a peace that passes understanding that is better experienced than defined. But there's another rest that he's referring to here. The rest for Israel was that land, that identity, that crossing that Jordan, that land, that you're, you're, uh, the rest from persecution, the rest from everything else, which is kind of ironic because though they had that promise, because of their waywardness, as soon as they got in the land, they were given a pretty lofty task to do. They shall not enter my rest. You may think, oh, that's a mean God. Who's he talking to? A nation. A people. Here's the verse. The apex of what I want to share this morning is right here. It's in verse 12. Beware. Beware, brethren. That word, brethren. Many times in Scripture, when you hear the word brother, you think, yeah, it means the other Christians, the family, the, the believers that come together. The brother in here is referring to Israel, Paul, being a Hebrew, when he says, hey, family, hey, nation, it, he's not referring to this word brother in as believer. So what's going on there is within that nation, you got some who believe, and are following the Lord by faith, and you got others who are just along for the ride. The application for us today is this. For you to not be found in verse 12, where it says, Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. You may think, oh, I think I know where you're going with this. I think you're saying, you, maybe some believed and now they don't, and they're leaving the living leaving the living God? Or, or are you saying that they're following God but, and others are just along for the ride? What I want you to see here is beware, brother, and he's talking to Israel, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. When you don't believe in who God is, now he's speaking to Israel for us, 2023, when you don't believe and understand and, 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 and embrace the cross of Jesus Christ, that gospel message, that's the believing that you, uh, you, you they were leaving a living God 
And I want to say for us today that you can come to Cross Point Baptist Church. You can come. You can come for five years, ten years. You can come for 20 or 40 years. Have the look. Say, when I say, say this, say it. Amen at the right time. You can be a part of Operation Christmas Child and have an unbelieving heart and not even know it. Parenthetically, as we, the body of Christ, genuine believers, are following him, there's other people that could be coming along for the ride. You think you're going along for the ride. The difference is the destinations are two different places. Salvation comes individually, not corporately. Individually. You and him. And it comes, and it's a beautiful thing. Then you will find his rest. You guys rethinking sitting on the front row this morning? I heard these four talking like, we're going to sit on the front row. I was like, yeah, it's okay. I, I might be on the floor. Well, you guys are really close. I might spit on you, dude. Beware lest there is any of you an evil heart of unbelief departing the living God. How does that play out? Israel, some are following God, some are not. They're unbelieving, they're along for the ride, but they're, they're, they never were apart. They're, they're living, leaving the living God that was right before them. 2023, how does that apply today? How does it apply here? There is any of you with an evil heart of unbelief departing the living God. Cross Point Baptist Church follows the, the living God, the living word, the living God. We follow the living God. If you have a heart of unbelief, well, for one, it'll show. You're going to see it in the next couple of verses. It's going to show. But number two is you're going to depart from the coattails that you've been riding on of the living God. We don't want that for anybody. Nobody. I promise you that. It is not our desire. Look at what it says in verse 13. But exhort one another daily. This is the third time in just a handful of verses he says daily. How many people in here are people of routine? You like your routines? Raise your hand. People of routine. People of habit. Right now, there's good habits and there's bad habits. Amen. There's good habits and there's bad habits. But daily means there's something that we need to do faithfully and consistently. There's things that you do daily that you don't even have to think about. Starbucks, now Big B, I guess. Eating food, we know we're going to eat. We don't even have to think about some of these things. I caught you. But there's other things that we have to work at putting in our life daily. It's a discipline. We, do, we, we need to put disciplines in our life to get where we want to go. Spirituality, spiritual disciplines are just as needy as the other financial disciplines, physical disciplines. Marriage, there's things we need to do in marriage that are a discipline that show love and nurture that marriage. He says in verse 13, but exhort, encourage one another daily. And what's that look like? What does that look like? Daily. That means I would start with maybe the people in your household. Start there. But he's also speaking to believers of Hebrews. Don't leave. We need to be encouraged. We need to be reminded. And encouraged doesn't mean you're going to have a great day. It's not talking about that fakey encourage. 
It's talking about being encouraged by the word of God, the truth of the word of God. I was encouraged by a weighty scripture by somebody the other day. It was weighty, but I was encouraged by it. You know why? Because it was truth. Truth has in a way of crushing you and relieving and, and, and giving you relief all at the same time. It's a beautiful thing. While it is still called today. You may think, I got time. I, 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 you know, I'll, I'll think about these things. That's something that, that I want us to be careful of. When we think about these things, we're talking about gospel uh, conversations with our theme for the year, and it kind of just it stalled out right there about midsummer. It just kind of, we got busy. And as we talk about gospel conversations, one of the things that you want to be careful of to do and not to do is to offer that gospel message and offer, is today the day of salvation for you? I, I don't know. But I do know that, you're, that you, you may not have the time to think on these things. You may not have that time. No, you may think, oh, that's just the old time scare tactic you preachers use. Whether you come to the Lord between you and him. We're sharing. I'm sharing. That, but we want you there. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And there it is. That verse, verse 12 and 13 is the apex of what I wanted to cover today by way of being faithful. You know, in a moment, I'm going to talk about finishing faithful. In order to finish faithful, you got to start faithful. Watch what happens. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is anything that separates you from God. What is the deceitfulness of sin? Well, the biggest and most damning sin that we can have on this earth is unbelief. Unbelief. It leads to all the other sins. If you fully believe and have surrendered, that's how you know if you believe in it or not. If your life is given over to Jesus Christ, you are surrendered. You believe in the resurrection. By the way, the resurrection is life. It's hope and it's life. There's no plan B. There's no other religion that, that can share and get you to where the gospel can get you to. How do I know that? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no religion, no preacher, no nothing is going to get you to the, to the Father but by me. Listen to how whoosh, cut and narrow that one is right there. I say that with passion and maybe a little loud. Because it's a passionate verse. I'm pleading with you to consider this scripture this morning right now. You know, we watched a video of the young man from El Salvador. It, it amazes me what uh, the young man can get from a box and all the things that went with it. The gospel message is in there. But what, what stood out to me the most about that after watching it probably four or five times was he got that box when he was this big. Now he's this big. And he's talking through and like he's had a change, a transformation in his life. He's talking like a young man that had no hope and now has nothing but hope. By the way, that word hope, we were defining that. The Bible defines it different than the world defines it. But uh, Thursday night at Grief Share, um, we, it, it, hope is an expected outcome from an expected promise. That's how the Bible uses the word hope. An expected outcome from an expected promise. The Bible is chock full of promises. 
promises. You think, I don't know if that's going to come true or not. Whether it comes true in your life or not, I can't answer, but they're going to come true. An expected outcome from an expected promise. Jesus Christ said, if you will come to me, you, you coming to me, you're working, you're toiling, you're trying to work your way to me, you're going to fall short. But my grace, you come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I, I'm going to give you rest. Remember how we just mentioned rest a moment ago? Oh, man, we get so tired of trying to appease everybody. And if we're trying to appease God, we're still going to fall short. By the way, you're going to fall short on pleasing people, too. I found that out the hard way. I used to think as a pastor, if I can make it, everybody's happy, everybody's happy, everybody's good, then we'll be good and I'll be good. Boy, that was a backfire. I didn't, it didn't take me long to learn that one. If you try to please everybody, you end up pleasing nobody. You know what I learned? If I will please my Savior, if I will please my Savior, the right people in my life will be pleased. Check it out. Verse 13. Encourage one another. That word exhort means encourage one another daily. What's that look like? Well, one way Pastor Roger does in his steadfast class, he sends out a daily every morning between 7 and 7.30. He sends out-ish. He sends out a, um, well, it's a devotional, and you can study it if you so desire every, every morning. How do we do this? We, we get the Word of God in our life. 2024, it's the year of the Bible for Cross Point Baptist Church. We are going to encourage you to read through the Bible in 2024. If you want to start now and get a head start, I would encourage that. Get on it. Watch what happens as you read the Word of God. It will encourage you. You'll learn things. You may be convicted. You may have to course correct your life as a believer, or you may feel the weight of the scripture and say, I need a transformation. Verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 3, for we have become partakers of Christ. Watch this. If, say if. Why did I have you say the word if? Because this verse could read one way, but if we interpret it correctly in light of other scripture, we're going to read it the right way. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Now you could read that and say, oh, yeah, I'm a believer. I believe I'm in, but I got to hang on to my belief or I'm going to fall apart in the end. You could read it that way, but that would be incorrect. For we have become partakers of Christ if or as we are holding on the beginning of our confidence, steadfastness to the end. The evidence that you are a partaker in Christ is that you're there in the end. It's the evidence, not the work thereof. That's a hard scripture, hard portion for people to grab. Like, I don't know if that's what that's saying. The scripture is full. The New Testament is full of how we are saved. And numerous times it says those who preserve, uh, uh, preserve to the end, who endure to the end, is referring to those that have that root of salvation. And he is never going to give up on you. Listen to that one. That would be a good spot for an amen right there. He will never give up on you as a child of his. Listen to that. You feel abandoned, you feel left, you feel alone. He will never give up on you as a child. You'll be there in the end if you are a genuine believer is what he's saying. How do we know that? Because he gives you the strength. He gives you the ability. You never stop becoming his child once you are. 
The last verse of Hebrews I want us to consider is verse 15. While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. That's the last verse I want us to look at of Hebrews because it's, re it's restating uh, Psalms once again. That word again, today. Today. There's an urgency today. You may think, but I, I want to do it, but I'm nervous. I want to go all in. I don't know what does it look like. What will my life look like? It's going to look like a roller coaster ride that is stinking awesome is what it's going to look like. Because you're going to have the confidence to know that he's never, he's always by my side. It never gets old. It's, it just never gets old. You do work for the ministry and you're doing things and you, you're going through the routine. Uh, our Thanksgiving banquet that's coming up. Uh, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. People are taking turkeys home today to get them ready. And, 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 and if you're not careful, remember a cross point, it'll be just that. It'll be a lot of work. The leaders usually handle all this stuff and you'll be tired. You'll be, you, they're, they're going to go shopping. I think tomorrow a group of them is going shopping to get some more things. They got to fight traffic and fight all that. And if you're not careful, it can become work. But when you do a heart given over to him, there becomes a pleasure in it. Why? Because we're going to do these things to show gratitude and thankfulness to the members of Cross Point Baptist Church. If you're a guest or visitor today and you're like, yeah, I know about your Thanksgiving banquet. I think I'll show up. Well, we have a sign-up sheet. Now, we won't check your ID at the door, but we need to plan for that. That's very important that we, so we have the right amount. I think we're just about at max right now. But it's important that you understand that as we serve if you're not careful, it'll be work. It'll be work to you. And you go, why am I doing this? I'm not appreciated. The same trap that Old Testament Israel found themselves in. Moses found himself in. Aaron found themselves in. And they're trying to lead these ungrateful people to the throne of God. We want to do these things as unto the Lord. And we do not today, if you will hear his voice and do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. They rebelled against God. God wasn't fitting up to what they wanted him to be or do. Well, if he did that, then they might as well be God themselves. That's not how it works. Being faithful. There were those of Israel that thought they were faithful with them, but they weren't. And the evidence is seen. They were separated out. They became hardened through the deceitfulness of unbelief. Well, at Cross Point Baptist Church, we lift up the name of Jesus Christ high. We're not ashamed of that. We want to encourage you to consider these scriptures. Think on these things while it is still today, though. I'm going to encourage you to think on it in this moment right now. You may have been here for quite some time. One, five, 10, 20 years. And going, man, I, I once believed. Do I, what happened to that? Where, where am I at now? It's so vogue to not be a Christian now, to not be a genuine believer. It's hip. You don't want to be a part of that. Be a part of this. It'll make you, it's, this is easier going. You don't want to be committed to anything. Oh, to come to Christ, you've got to be surrendered. To genuinely come. You need to be committed to the local church. Understanding 
that as the bride of Christ, we're to do his bidding. In a moment, I'm going to share one more portion of scripture, and I'm going to have a time of prayer, a time of invitation, where you're going to be able to come down. You may want to talk with me. You may want to pray for your heart, your life, your belief, your unbelief. You may want to come down just to pray for these boxes. That's the signs that Christina has up here. Pray for the child who receives your shoebox. Pray for them children. There's this one example of many. Whatever you, business you may need to do with God, I would encourage you to do it right here. But I want you to feel the weight of what Jesus was saying about himself in that portion of scripture that I just referenced a moment ago of John 14. And it ends up being in verse 6. We, we kind of overlook verses 1 through 5. But there's a definite article in front of some of these words, which adds an emphasis. Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That verse is, is heavy, and I can tell you why. It's not just because it's only he's the only way. It's because if you're not a genuine believer, you're going to start creating a God of your own, most likely. You're going to start following other voices, other gods, and they're, and they're going to lead astray. So not only is he the only way, he, on a sidebar, there's others that are trying to lead you away. Discover who he is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible says he's got milk and honey for you. Now, that's a weird combination for me, milk and honey. But the point of what he's pulling out there is I got what is good. What is needful for you. I have life sustaining for you. Sustainment for you is what I have. Let's bow for prayer. Can we do that? <clears throat> Again, Hebrews 3 was supposed to be just an introduction to where I, I wanted to do something totally different. But I was compelled in my heart to share this portion of scripture. Don't apologize for that. As I lead this church, I want to be right where God wants us to be. Saying the things of his word that we need because it is life. Some of us need to hear that truth, the uncomfortable truth that we may be in unbelief. Oh, sure enough. My goodness, if you're a believer today, man, cherish it today. Come down and thank the Lord for that salvation. Thank him. Dear God, take this invitation time and make it your own. We'll have a song, but it's time for prayer. There's so many things we can pray for, prayer of gratitude, prayer of need. But Lord, may we hear the prayer of salvation today. Enough, enough of me groping my way through life trying to figure this thing out when you had the answer the whole time. It's found in you. Do your work. We, we give you the room to do whatever you need to do in this, in this very moment. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand with Andrew as he and the praise team as they lead us in a time of imitation? I'm going to be standing right here. If you want to come and pray, I'll pray with you. If you want to talk with me, I'll be right here as well. Won't you come?
be seated. As the ushers come and get in their places, at this time we'll uh, receive the offering. This will be for the Thanksgiving offering, and we want you to come, whether you're able to contribute to that or not. This is uh, uh, for our church family. If you're a guest with us, we don't expect you to give uh, toward this uh, Thanksgiving offering, but those of us that are members that are, that are uh, uh, preparing and getting ready, we'd love for you to come and join us. But uh, So this will be the offering for that. And then while they're uh, taking the offering, um, then I'll give a few more announcements. So let's pray. We'll ask the blessing on this offering this morning. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the word that went forth today. So clear, so uh, direct to us that we could apply it to our lives, Lord, to, uh, to serve you, be faithful unto you, but also for those that may not know Christ as Savior, even today might be that day of salvation. Lord, we pray that you bless the offering, bless our Thanksgiving dinner, that we'll have on Tuesday night. May you get the honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, guys. As uh, I'm as they're passing through the, the plates uh, offering, uh, I want to make a couple of announcements. The um, tables and chairs will need to be set up right afterwards, so if you're able to help with that, uh, uh, it'll take probably 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I think they're going to get some stuff from the a shed over here, bring it all in so we have enough seating for about 200 people. So it'll be a great night. Um, there's a, sh a sheet out on the uh, Welcome Center, and it's for address and phone number changes. If you have a different cell number, phone number, or address, fill one of those out and put it in, uh, turn it in today. If you don't have any changes, don't sign anything. Don't change anything. We, it, just takes up time to go looking through everybody's list. So if you only have a change, please uh, go out and fill that out on your way out this morning. Uh, the Thanksgiving banquet, be sure to sign up if you haven't yet. We need to get a final count today will be the last day so that we can know how many are coming. And uh, uh, I'd hate to be the last one and I forget to sign up and sorry you don't get any turkey tonight. No, we don't want that. Everybody's going to get some turkey, promise. And then... Uh, the adult Christmas party, which is our annual Christmas party, this is for all our adult age classes, and we'd love for you to come. It's on Saturday after Thanksgiving, this coming Saturday, at 6 p.m. That's where we'll give a gift exchange and, and uh, just be a lot of fun uh, for our adult groups. Uh, you're welcome to come. We'd love for you to do uh, join us. Sign up if you could on the way out so we know uh, about how many will come. Bring a gift. It doesn't have to be an expensive gift. Just come and, and enjoy and uh, bring a gift so that we can exchange and have some laughs and that sort of thing. And then finally, um, uh, there's an adult Christmas party. Uh, this would be all, again, for all the adult classes at Golden Corral. This is different than the joyful group activity, but uh, this is the adult group for all adults over at Golden Corral. No gift exchange. Just come over and have a good time of uh, a dinner and fellowship together. All right? With that, you are dismissed. God bless you. Part, for I am.